If you're new or visiting, thank you. We appreciate you. I uh, hope you feel welcome, feel like this is home. Uh, we've been in this series now uh, called Northview, talking about the why behind the what and why we do what we do. And uh, we have that uh, there's really a big intentionality behind um, how we operate here at Northview. Uh, last week, David Weed. Um, our uh, elder uh, chairman of the elder board spoke on servant leadership, and that's kind of like the, one of the driving components behind uh, Northview. And, and so th- this morning, I want to I talk to you guys about community. And uh, it's a big deal. We like community. It's kind of, it's in our name, Northview Community Church. So it's, it's, it's a big deal for us. Uh, so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, what scripture has to say about community, why it's important, and, and ultimately why uh, you should um, really dive into community. Um, so if you want to open up your Bibles uh, or your app with me, um, we'll go to Luke 22. Luke 22. Uh, and I'm going to, we're going to read a, read a passage of scripture here um, about Jesus interacting with um, Peter. I love Peter. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters uh, in all of, uh, in, in all of scripture, second to Jesus, of course, uh, because Peter puts his foot in his mouth all the time, like I will undoubtedly do this morning at some point. Um, So Luke 22, verses 31 through 34, I'll, I'll read. This is Jesus talking to Peter. He says this, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. That's an Old Testament term. Uh, referring to uh, just shaking and causing violent harm to uh, dismount you, to, to, to bring you down. He, he, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for your faith that, I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Isn't that good? I, I love the fact that Jesus is praying for the ones close to him. That's awesome, right? So Jesus, he says, I, I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. There it is. Peter putting his foot in his mouth. Um, And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me, until you deny three times that you know me. Hey, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless uh, us this morning, that you would work on our hearts and minds. Um, that we might be able to receive your word, apply it to our lives, live change so that we could give glory to you. Would you bless me this morning that I might appropriately handle um, the word of truth that you've um, given us? We lift all of this up in your wonderful name. Amen. So I've got a, I've got a friend uh, who we go out to eat all the time. We go, uh, one of our favorite restaurants is the Dirty Bird, right? Red Robin, okay? Okay. Uh, so, uh, so we, we, we go there, and you know Red Robin's got burgers on their menu, right? They've got lots of burgers on their menu. That's what they specialize in. You can get really anything you want on these, on, on these burgers. And, and I got this friend who doesn't matter what's on the menu, he orders the same thing every single time. I will get a burger with American cheese and ketchup, please. And... Uh, Oh, Swiss cheese. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was waiting, I was waiting for, uh, for Zach. He wasn't in first service, so. <clears throat> Love you, buddy. Um, 
No, but I tell Zach all the time, like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta grow up a little bit, all right? You gotta, you gotta get a man burger, okay? And, and, uh, here, here's, here's the thing, here's the thing with, with, with burgers. They're not all created equal. You know, if you're a food lover like myself, you know this is true. Because McDonald's will tell you that the burgers they have are good burgers which we all know they're not great burgers. You know, it's like I've got a dollar fifty in my wallet. Okay, I'll go to McDonald's. But, you know, I, I used to be like Zach. Um, <laughs> I can't grow a beard, yeah. Um, I, no, I, I used to have, okay, hey, I'll just do, take a plain cheeseburger, please, nothing special on it. And then, and then I saw the light. This, this gorgonzola cheese crumbles with thick-cut bacon and caramelized onions on, on a big pretzel bun. Because yeah, I, I went to Sean O'Donnell's instead of McDonald's, and I was like, ooh, this is good, right? Now, 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 we, ha- we, we go after these, these, this food, we go to McDonald's, and they're selling us counterfeit burgers. <laughs> and they've tricked some people into believing that the best burger you can get is a cheeseburger. <laughs> I, I, I'm just joking, but, but I, I can't help but think that counterfeit, we, 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 uh, we go after counterfeit community in our lives. We go after counterfeit community that the world offers to us. That the world says, you know, I will give you community, but, it, but it's really not the community that we are actually craving. And I, I think that in every single one of us, the way we are built and the way that we are designed is to crave community. We long for community. We, we desire this. And, and I, I would simply just point to our culture. Let's just take a step back and look at how we live. We, it's evident that we desire community. Because in 2012, everybody started buying Seahawk jerseys, Right? Now, I know some of you guys are wearing Seahawks. It's not bad. That's awesome. But, but it, it, just look at this for a second. We, we live in Seattle, and everybody is flying 12 flags on buildings and cars and houses, and, and people are walking around with, with, with Seahawk jerseys and, and uh, apparel and stuff. It's awesome, right? It's, isn't it so cool to look at our city and drive through our city and notice, like, man, I, I, I am part of something bigger. I am part of the Super Bowl winning team that lost it the next year, right? And <laughs> I, that we can be a part of this, this city, this community. But, but I, I would say the big push behind that is our internal desire to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to be welcomed into a community. We crave it. We long for it. We just seek it out. Yet the world offers us a counterfeit community. See, community is why we have things like softball leagues and basketball leagues. They're awesome. They're fun. But it's because we have this desire to be a part of something with other people. Community is the reason why we have pub trivia, why people will show up, and I'm really bad at pub trivia, but I love it, uh, it's because we want to be a part of something, want to do something with people. The community, our desire for community, our how we crave community will cause people to spend hours on end in front of a TV or a computer screen hooked up to a system yelling at people that they don't even know playing a video game against people that they don't even know because they want to be a part of something with people. Community, this desire for community will cause grown men to dress up like comic book characters and go to Comic-Con. 
<laughs> People wouldn't do that if the, if the community wasn't involved. Now, and all these things aren't bad. It just shows that we, we long for community. We desire community. It's built in us. We can't go through life without being drawn to a sense of community. We want to we do things with people. Scripture talks about community. And though we crave it, I think when it comes to biblical community, we resist it. When it comes to community, how Scripture defines it, we kind of push back a little bit. We're, we're a little cautious. We're a little careful. We're a little hesitant when it comes to biblical community or, or community from the church. We're not, we don't readily jump in. But Scripture says, you know, you're craving community, but you're accepting a counterfeit community. See, the world will offer us community that is surface level, that is, that is safe, that where you don't have to be vulnerable, you don't have to give of yourself, you don't have to uh, open up to anybody, and, and hopefully no one will open up to you, and, and y- you, can just, you can just sit back and, and, and not be vulnerable with anybody, not open up to anybody, don't share what's really going on in your life, just put on the jersey, root for the team, and take it off, and no one will be all the wiser. We're biblical community. It says, I want you to participate. I want you to be known. I want you to do this for something bigger than yourself. Scripture kind of defines community, I I think, by these statements, these one another statements. In all of Scripture, there are over 100 statements that include this phrase, one another. All through Genesis to Revelation, there's over 100 of them. In the New Testament, there are 76 of them alone. And uh, uh, most of those 76 are commandments of how believers should treat each other. These one another statements. You guys are really familiar with them. I think there's some like 40 of them, and I'm not going to read them all because I read in a book you're not supposed to read lists when you speak publicly. So (laughs) I'll just highlight some here. This is what I I think, how Scripture talks about community, these one another's statements. In Mark 9.50 9.50 says, be at peace with one another. It says, be at peace with one another. This is what Jesus commandments to his disciples. Be at peace with one another. John 13.35 says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. If you are my disciples, they will know you by your love for one another. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another and build one another up. Encourage one another. Build one another up. James 5.16 says, pray for one another. Now, I, I think the best form of encouragement is prayer. Have you ever had someone pray for you? So encouraging, right? And, and I'm not talking about like the, I'm not talking about just some, obligation prayer, but when, when someone actually prays for you out of concern. Now, what if we were a church? I got challenged by this when I was in college. What if we were a church where instead of saying, I will pray for you, we started just saying, okay, let me pray for you right now. How amazing would that be? Because 
okay, let's just be honest. There's like this Christianese lingo, right? It's like, oh man, I will pray for you. And then we never do, right? <clears throat> hey, it's, hey, it's a thought that counts, right? No, Jesus wants us to pray for one another and encourage one another. So next time someone comes and, and they're sharing something, why don't you just put a hand on, on their shoulder and say, hey, can I pray for you right now? And it doesn't need to be this highfalutin, these and thou's prayer. It can just be simple but meaningful. And maybe the best prayer that you can pray is help him, help her. God, this person needs to hear from you. Help them. That's a big encouragement. Pray for one another. 1 Peter 4.9 says, Show hospitality to one another. Now again, these are just a few of the long list in the New Testament. Show hospitality to one another. I, I, I am in, uh, in a community group. Um, it's a, for young adults, a uh, community group. We call it Input. And uh, our community group leaders are Adam and Kathy Hayes, if you know them. Um, Adam, what's up? Um, they uh, fulfill 1 Peter 4.9 really, really well. Because they open up their home to a bunch of young adults every week, and they open up their fridge, and Kathy feeds us. So uh, every single week, you can't show better hospitality than Kathy has preparing all this food for hungry young adults every single week. And if you know a young adult in the church, if you know a 20-something, that they need a place to connect and have community, um, come to Input. Talk to Adam. His his info is on the website. We have an awesome community group. Show hospitality to one another. Here's the thing. Can you com- complete any of these commandments on your own? You can't. You need to be in community if you want to complete these one another's. <laughs> these one another statements. You need to be with people. You can't show hospitality to yourself. <laughs> you need to be with people. There's a long list of them here, and, and uh, it says, li- Romans 12:16 says, live in harmony with one another. You can't live in harmony if you aren't actually in community. Romans 5, or Romans 15, 7 says, welcome one another. Ephesians 4:32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You have to be in community. You have to actually com- uh, know people and be in relationship with people if you want to complete these commandments. Do not grumble against each other. <laughs> if there's anyone that could grumble, it would be Kathy Hayes that opened up her fridge to all these 20-somethings. But she doesn't. It's amazing. She might after we leave. I don't know. First <laughs> John 1, 7, have fellowship with one another. Most basic commandment. You can't do this without actually being in relationship with people. If we want to complete the commandments set up for us in the New Testament, set up by Jesus, we need to be in community. There's no way around it. If you are not in community, then you don't even have an opportunity to complete these commandments. I want to um, talk a little bit about how Northview might define community. We looked at how uh, scripture kind of defines it, these one another's. Let's get down. How how does Northview define community? We uh, have youth group on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, and we meet in things called impact groups. 
and they're small groups based on uh, gender uh, and grade, and uh, they're led by caring adults, and we have the best youth leaders any church has. They're, they're, they're awesome. They, they come every single week and they give up an hour and, and more to spend time with these students and listen to them and ask them questions and open up scripture with them, pray with them, and, and point them to Jesus. They're the best. They are the best leaders I have ever uh, seen. Um, and uh, they, they spend time with, with these students Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, I kind of got this idea in my mind, okay, let me, I, I want to ask what these high school kids, what their favorite part about being in an I-group is. Um, what, wh- wh- what do you enjoy most about being in a small group, being in an impact group? Um, because Northview, uh, we have these small groups for, for junior high and high school, and we also have community groups for the larger church. And they kind of mirror each other. And um, so, so this, is, this is what some of the students said about their favorite part about being in a, in a group. I said, you can write down a word, or you can write down a sentence, or a paragraph, if you're a girl. A lot of the girls wrote a lot more than the guys. <laughs> but listen to this. I thought this was pretty cool. I'm not going to read all of them. Someone wrote, I-, I love being able to connect with my friends and leaders with real life issues. Isn't that great? Shouldn't that be what community is about? Just being able, hey, let's, let's come and let's connect about real life issues. Let's, let's go beyond the surface level and let's connect about real life issues. Someone put down life on life, they must have been listening to Steve. Because that's, that's kind of our, our driving motto. We want, to, we want to do life on life. Someone else wrote social, spiritual, and engaging. Social, spiritual, and engaging. That's awesome. I love it. That's what we want community to be. We want it to be social and, and spiritual and engaging. Someone else wrote, babes. <laughs> That's probably a dude, hopefully a dude. <laughs> Whatever gets them in the door, right? <laughs> Someone else wrote, it's a place where I can listen to and speak about my beliefs. Wow, that's great. Talk about a safe environment where they can share what they, what what they believe in and, and listen to what other people believe and, and ultimately look at what Jesus says we should believe. That's great. Someone wrote, food, friends, fellowship, the three F's in life. <laughs> we encourage all of our group leaders to, to bring food because uh, we think when, when uh, you get food on the table, people open up. Someone else wrote, donut holes. That's <laughs> Someone wrote this. I love coming to a place where I feel loved and welcomed. I am comfortable being myself, and I know I can open up to these girls, and I know they will go through life with me. I love spending time with them and learning more about God. This is my favorite place to be. Isn't that great? Isn't this what community really should be like? That it's a place where we want to join in, we want to be known, and we want to know other people, and we want to pray for each other? At the core, Northview is just about, in our community groups, we just want to complete the one another statements. We want to give believers an opportunity to complete the one another statements in Scripture. You can't uh, complete these statements without actually stepping into community. 
uh, we're, we're pretty sold on this idea. Um, we got together a year and a half ago, and we said, you know what? We believe that as the church grows bigger, it also needs to grow smaller. And as the church gets bigger in numbers on a Sunday, we also need to get um, we also need to offer more groups for people to get tied into. So, so we're pretty sold on this, and we're sold on it because uh, we believe that when believers are joined together, they're strengthened, Jesus is glorified, and we actually live how God designed us to. Community groups give us a little bit of taste of heaven. Uh, another pastor uh, and author, he put it this way in his book, his, his name's Bill Clem. He says, the world will never recover from people who actually practice and experience biblical community. Essentially this, when we, ex- when we experience and engage in biblical community, these, these one another statements, when we actually participate in them, our neighborhoods are changed, our families are changed, our schools are changed, our community around us is changed. This biblical community doesn't just help us, it, it affects our community. So Northview is, is pretty sold out for community. And, and if you think, that it, oh great, this is just a pitch for community groups, you're right, it is. And if you're not in one, you need to get in one. <laughs> you can sign up online, nvu.org slash community, all right? Um, lots of community groups. And, and a community group might look different. It may, completing these one another statements might look different for different people. Some, it might be, okay, we're going to open up Scripture and we're going to walk verse by verse through something. Another, it might, it might be, hey, we're just going to, we're going to hang out and, and let's just talk and pray for one another and eat some food. Another might be, hey, we just, I just need some, some friends to kind of walk through life with. Let's just get together and watch Monday Night Football. These community groups look different for everybody, but at the core, are we able to complete these one another statements? Community has has played a huge role in my life. I would not be where I am today, standing on this stage, without community. I grew up in Nicaragua, the third world country, and my parents are missionaries. And when I, when I graduated high school, I, I came to uh, Northwest University in Kirkland, a small Christian school in, in uh, Kirkland, and um, I survived four years there. If you know anything about Christian schools, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but when I, when I first got there, I, I didn't have the greatest experience. I, I uh, actually wanted to leave. I had a roommate who uh, had a contraband pet rat. You're not supposed to have it. We weren't supposed to have rats in the dorm rooms. It was gross. <clears throat> uh, he decided that uh, he was going to sleep all day and stay up all night. He flunked all of his classes. Um, and he also had a little secret stash of root beer schnapps in, in the fridge. I was like, wait, you're underage. This is a Christian school. That's not a good combo. Um, I, and on top of all that, I just felt like I didn't fit in. I, I felt like I just didn't fit with all the other guys on the floor. Um, and th- there is this community, these guys, these Christian guys that wanted to pray for me and wanted to uh, know what was going on in my life. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't, that's weird. Stop praying for me. Stop loving me. This is just, I don't want this, right? So I... I uh, came to the conclusion that the best course of action would be to get myself kicked out of school. So uh, by the grace of God, that didn't happen. Um, and I'm here today uh, because I, I think if I had gotten kicked out, I wouldn't be here. But you know what happened? Um, it took some tough things in my life for me to realize how much I needed community. 
it took some tough things in my life to, for me to understand how to lean on other people and how to pray for other people so that, and, and that they would pray for me. It, it, I had to go through some stuff in life for that to happen. But you know what? At the end of it, at the end of four years, that was the most effective community that I've ever been a part of. Because we did pray for one another. We supported one another. We completed these one another statements. Bear with one another in love. We, bared each, we bore each other's burdens by praying for one another in love. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to one another. We, man, talk about being uncomfortable. But when you're in community and you're vulnerable you can, and you trust people, you can do that. And then we can pray for one another. In First uh, and Second John, First, Second, and Third John, mind you, the statement "love one another" comes up six times. The most basic one another commandment. And being in this community at Northwest University, though it was hard at first, that I was pushing back against Christian community, against biblical community, because of my own pride, because I was pushing back against that it ended up being the most effective community because I understood this commandment to love one another, to receive love and give love. But that can only happen in community. So like I said, Northview is pretty sold out on community. I want to, uh, I'm going to read this passage again that we read at the, at the very beginning and, um, because I, I want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Luke 22 31 through 34, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, that's an important line, you can remember that line, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. This might be a strange passage to look at when we're talking about community, but here's what I think. Jesus displays perfectly in this passage what community, what biblical community looks like, what happens when we uh, fulfill these one another statements. Uh, Jesus is living out community with Peter. We get to see it right in front of us. We get to see this is what community looks like. Jesus loved Peter so much. And this is what happens when you fulfill these commandments. So I got, I got three takeaways for us this morning. Three takeaways of what community does when we engage in community. First, community conveys reality. Can you guys say conveys reality? All right. Conveys reality. See, the reality is, that we see here in, in this passage, the reality is that Peter was going to deny Jesus. Peter was going to deny Jesus, and, and, and Jesus knew the reality that Peter was a sinner, that he couldn't com- complete this, I'm going to go with you to prison, I will go with you to death. Jesus knew that Peter couldn't complete that. So he conveyed reality to Peter. He does it with love, right? Friends, when, when we get into community groups, when we get into real, authentic, biblical community the reality of our sin is conveyed. When we're in community groups, you, you, can, you might get called on something in your life. You might have an opportunity where God's nudging you to say, hey, I want you to, 
I want you to talk to this person about that. Or your areas, your faults and your sins and your shortcomings might be show a little bit more. Your reality that you're a sinner in need of a Savior will be conveyed. And that's, a, that's okay. <laughs> that's a good thing because it should be a safe place for that to happen. Second thing we can, we can learn from this passage about what Jesus says about community here is that community cultivates grace. Say cultivates grace. All right. It cultivates grace. So when our reality is conveyed that we are, we are sinners in need of a Savior, the second thing comes along and, and grace shows up. Isn't that amazing? That grace shows up in the middle of our reality. That, that when, P, or when Jesus tells Peter, hey, you're going to deny me, you're going to walk away, you're going to uh, not be with me even though you say you desperately want to, he comes on the backside and he cultivates grace. He shows grace to Peter. I don't know if you can, uh, if, if you pick this up, but Jesus tells Peter that he already accepts him back even before he's ever done anything. Check this out. Uh, Jesus tells Peter, he says, uh, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned, he's telling him he's going to turn away. When you have, or, or he's telling him he's going to turn away. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Did you pick that up? Jesus is already saying, I'm going to accept you back. This is so important that in, when we operate in community, when we operate in biblical community, we will stray. You will falter. You will have sin in your life. But community should cultivate this grace and say, you're going to walk away. You're going to stumble. But hey, guess what? I've already decided that I'm going to forgive you. Just like Jesus tells Peter, I've already decided that I'm going to forgive you. When we operate in community, we have an opportunity to convey that to people. I've already decided to forgive you because I believe in you. I know that Jesus is for you. I know that your life can be changed and I get to walk in that with you. Isn't that amazing? I love that Jesus tells Peter flat out, hey, you're going to walk away, but I've already decided that you're going to turn back. And then when you turn back, I'm going to accept you again. It's incredible. Last, last thing here. It compels us into mission. Say, say compels into mission. Good job. Getting better every single time. These are awesome. When Jesus says, that, hey, Peter, you're going to turn back. And when you do, he gives him a job. You guys pick up on this? He gives him a job. He says, strengthen your brothers strengthen your brothers. Peter goes on to be the first pastor of the first church. He gives the, he gives the first uh, sermon to the crowd in Acts. But he walked away. But Jesus offered him grace and gave him a job. When you turn back, strengthen your brothers. See, we can't go on mission with Jesus without engaging in community. If we want to reach our friends, our neighbors, our, our people in our workplace, we need community. Jesus gives Peter a job to strengthen the brothers, strengthen the disciples. 
when we enter in com- into community, when we receive this grace from Jesus, when we receive grace from our community, it, it will push us into mission. We, we believe that, that the church is more than a building with an address. We've been talking about that. It is a family with a mission. But you can't have family if you're doing it solo. You need to have community. If we want to celebrate well, if we want to serve well, if we want to affect our world, we need to be in community. Mission looks like when you can sit around a table and maybe you're sharing a meal or, or maybe you're, you're praying for one another and you can look at one another and you can say, okay, I want to pray for you that, that you will have the courage to talk to that person at work. I want to pray for you that you'll have the courage to do what you need to do when your family, with your kids and your marriage. I want to pray for you so that you can talk to your neighbor and maybe invite them to join Northview. I want to pray for you so that you'll be strengthened. And I want you to pray for me so that, when I, so that I can do what I need to do in this situation or that situation. I, this is what community looks like. This is what mission looks like. You can't have it without community. You can't do this solo. We were not designed to. If we want to change our neighborhoods, our families, our world, you know what we need? Community. Now, maybe some of you guys are, are like I was, and, and you're pushed back a little bit on community. Maybe you're like I was, and, and you don't want people praying for you. You don't want people getting all up in your business, right? I don't want community. I want, to, I want to fly solo. I'm good with surface-level world community. I don't want anything deeper. I want to tell you that, that, that Jesus is begging you to come into community. Maybe that looks like serving in a deeper capacity here at Northview. Maybe that looks like uh, volunteering in the children's program or being an awesome iGroup leader. Maybe that looks like joining a community group. You can check them out online. What is Jesus asking you to do? What, what is the next step he wants you to take in community? And ultimately, it comes down to surrender a little bit. It comes down to say, okay, God, this is what I have. You know, my, my Sunday nights, I know a lot of community groups meet on Sunday nights. My Sunday nights are really kind of reserved for football, and, you know, that's kind of like my unwind day. Uh, all right, I, I don't want to give that up. Maybe Jesus is asking you to surrender a little bit of your week. Maybe Jesus is asking you to give up a little bit of your time to join into community. And let me tell you, it is so worth it. It's so worth it. It is worth being known by someone and knowing someone more than just surface level, hi, how are you on Sunday mornings? It is so worth it. Maybe, maybe you're, you feel like you've been walking away or you've kind of turned your back. This is the best thing about Jesus. He's right there. He's ready for us to turn around, not with shame, but with a smile. He's waiting for you. He says, well, welcome back. Welcome, son. Welcome, daughter. Let me help you get into community. Let me help you heal. Jesus never shames. He always welcomes. Jesus wants you and me to live a meaningful life. He wants us to be on mission with him. He wants us to live to cultivate grace and 
and to help others understand what he has done for them. Jesus doesn't want you to live a surface-level life uh, being sold a counterfeit community from the world. He wants you to engage in deep community with his disciples. What's the step you need to take? What's the step you need to take to join into deeper community? Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would stir in our hearts where we might jump into deeper community. Help us to um, lovingly convey the reality that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Help us to cultivate grace in our families and our communities that you've given us. Compel us into mission, Jesus. By your Spirit, stir up in us so that we can affect the world and change those that you've given us with your gospel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.